The Nashville Predators went up 3-0 on the Ottawa Senators. And I'm not really sure what happened after that. Uh, I kind of tuned out. I assume it went well. Uh, and uh, I'll finish reading the box score. And then we can comment what happened on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators. Your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast the first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to give a special shout out to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys and we appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. All right. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, Predators were up 3 nothing. Let me just check NHL.com to see what happened. And Don't oh, do it. Oh, Don't do it. Oh, no. Oh, the Predators didn't win. Oh, well, that's... Oh, bad. no. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, they did not. That didn't work well. No. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's it's it seems like we have this conversation a lot, don't we? Where it's just the Preds. It's, it's one... It's either the Preds get off to a hot start and can't finish the deal, or they get off to an absolutely abysmal start and then play better as the game gets on, but it's too little too late. Like it just it's what what is it with this team? Like it, it's just the same storylines, loss after loss after loss. Yeah, I I try to comfort myself with the fact that this is not unexpected big picture for where the team is. That is how I try to comfort myself. That and like chocolate is the only way I really got through last night. I'm not going to lie. There, there's <laughs> some yeah. cherry cordial ice cream at the Morgan household that helps do this whole thing over. That's right. If we eat our big feelings on Locked on Predators. Um but it really felt like this was maybe one of the most like yin and yang games of the season where you see one thing from the Nashville Predators and all of a sudden you see the exact opposite from the Nashville Predators. You know, that first period, the Preds came out and dominated. And then the second and third period happened and you thought, wait a minute, did, are, are we in some sort of alternate universe? You know, did Thanos snap his fingers? Is Are, are, are we in a multiverse situation? What has happened in you know, the 60 plus minutes of that game, it was the most quickly I've seen the team go from dominating play mm -hmm. and headed towards a win to, oh, sweet baby, Jesus, it's not going to happen, is it? No, uh, absolutely did not. Um, let, let's run through this game real quick, Anne, because there's a lot of stuff that I thought uh, was really, really good, but the Predators in a good position. Yeah. Uh, Michael McCarron. Uh, who, when he and Phil Tomasino are together, are apparently Shaq and Kobe. 
Uh, McCarron gets the Preds scoring started uh, a goal. Good feed from Roman Yossi, but set up with a good play from Tomasino. Uh, the latter of whom would score himself uh, about eight minutes later. Phil Tomasino's sixth goal of the year. A great wrist shot. Great, great play overall uh, mm. to get past uh, so- Solgard. Um, and then Yakov Trenin right before the first intermission gets the Nashville Predators up three nothing uh to put the predators in what looked like a really really good spot uh the the uh, senators made a goalie change Jonas Corposalo came in at that point and then the wheels just fell off for the Nashville predators and uh we had goals from uh Drake Batherson Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk all within the span of about 12 minutes and that Preds lead just went away just like that Three to three. Uh, Senators absolutely dominated the play from the rest of the game. In the third period and overtime, the Preds only managed six shots on goal. The Senators had 15, including the game winning goal in overtime from Claude Giroux. Uh, came on an uh, odd man rush after the Predators absolutely flubbed a two on one chance. We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit, but that was the game winning goal for the Senators. Preds blow it again, 4-3 the final score, and your one word to describe the game. This game to me was the Twilight series. And I don't know if you watched, did you have you watched? I think the you Twilight can movie? safely assume that's a no. Can I though? <laughs> I mean, if I hadn't watched, I mean, I hadn't watched Love Actually until. What, have you watched Pretty Woman ago. yet? Do what? Have you watched Pretty Woman yet? I have not watched Pretty Woman yet. All right, we have a lot of work to do here at Locked On Predators, but let's focus in because my one word for this Senator's loss is the Twilight series. And I had never heard of or read the books. And a friend of mine said, Hey, let's sit down and watch this movie called Twilight. And you sit down and you watch it, and you're like, Oh, it's a catchy little movie about a cool high school romance. It's, you know, this is kind of clever. Yes, one's a vampire, but it's kind of fun. He drives fast and da 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 da. But as the series goes on, all of the sudden, you're like, there's a werewolf. And then all of a sudden, you're like, there is so relation, there's so much relational dysfunction happening in this high school romance between a human and a vampire. And hey, by the way, there's a werewolf that kind of jumps in and out romantically sometimes. That by the end, you're like, I'm overwhelmed and unsure how to process what I just saw. Like you just, the Twilight series had so much promise for me because I thought it was one thing. And then in the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a whole other thing. And, and that was kind of the same feeling I had watching this game. It's like the first period was the Twilight book. And then the second and third period were like Eclipse and, and whatever the other ones were, where things just got weirder and more dysfunctional. And in the end, you're like, I don't really know what just happened to me. I don't know what just happened to me. That is what this game was. This was Bella, a vampire and a werewolf. What in the world? Yeah resounding resounding like affirmation that you need to watch this series wasn't it do i do you uh, <laughs> it seems like you were kind of describing the fantastic beasts series or like maybe like the new star wars like the the three 
like the three new the ones. Where at first you're yeah. like, okay, like this is a pretty intriguing start. And then it's like the more the series goes on, it's like, wow, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah. He's got the high ground and all the other, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. It just, it started as something you thought you could enjoy. And then it turned into something that you couldn't unsee. Yeah. My one word, I'm going back to the, the movies for this one, like okay. you, Dan, but I'm going to go Monstars. Uh, if you've ever watched Space Jam, the team of evil aliens that Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes have to face is called the Monstars. Now, this is a trope you can kind of use for any like feel-good sports movie, uh, like The Mighty Ducks, or I don't know. Another one. Another, another one. Another um, the Little Giants. Yeah, The Little Giants. There you go. Where, you know, the other team just goes up like eight to nothing or just puts like, it's like a blowout in the first, you know, half of the game. And then the other team, there's like a big motivational speech or the other team gets cocky or there's like, or the other team plays quirky and it's like, oh, like, ha ha. Wiley Coyote is bringing TNT onto the court, and then just you slowly just see things unravel for the bad guy team. We mm -hmm. just like to cheer for that because that's the bad guy team. But last night, the Predators were the bad guy team. They were the Monstars. They were the the Hawks from whatever town in Minnesota the Mighty Ducks take place in. Um yeah, like they they started off strong. They had a stranglehold on this game. And not just, you know, the fact of scoring goals, but I really think they dominated possession. I really think they dominated the pace of the play. They just had the upper hand early on the Senators. And then uh, it, it just things fell apart, you know. The they, you know, the Senators battled back in the second period, but I, I thought the Predators did a fairly good job sort of going tick for tack. Even when Batherson scored that first goal, to me, the turning point came when Tim Stutzla scored that second goal mm -hmm. and made it 3-2. Because at that point, it was no longer like, okay, the Predators have a stranglehold on this game. You could see that yeah. just sort of collapse at that point. When it became 3-2, to two, that's when the momentum changed. And that was, you know, that Tim Stutzla goal was um, – uh, Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd dressed as the Pulp Fiction guys shooting the teeth out of the Monstars. <laughs> that was when you're like, oh, they got this now. Yeah. It was like Bill Murray showing up at the end of Space Jam. It was like, oh, you know, they're they're the the Sens got this now, you know. And, and sure enough, it was one last dramatic play, Claude Giroux with the stretching of the arm. Yep. In this score, in this case, the one timing of the puck uh, to to put the good guys ahead for good and, and give them a feel good win. And for the Nashville Predators, you have to look inward. They they collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. This they they really did sort of buckle. And I think we kind of have to look at why maybe this happened the way that it did. Why did this happen? Predators, I feel like we're very lucky to get out of this game with one point. This felt like in watching the game, you know, as time was going down in the third period, I was like, this is going to be one of those games where they're, where Ottawa is going to score in the last two minutes. And that's how this is going to go. So I think the Predators, very fortunate to hang on and get a point out of this game, really needed two points out of this game and just couldn't get it done. It was a tough night 
It was a tough night. Tough game. Yeah, more to talk about this game in just a second, uh, including an apology from me to Anne. Uh, live on the show we'll also talk about maybe some lineup decisions coming into play late in this game uh, and much much more from the preds collapse against the ottawa senators coming up in just one second first though i want to mention today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, america's number one sports book folks the super bowl right around the corner uh, we're not going to talk about the teams in it because I hate both of them right now. But you can still have fun on Super Bowl Sunday. If you're like me, it's always about finding the best seat on the couch, grabbing our favorite football snacks, and having some fun with some Super Bowl bets. Uh, love the prop bets, like who's going to score the first touchdown, um, you know, like who's going – like what the coin toss is going to be. I, I love those kind of bets. And those are the deals that you can find on FanDuel that will help you end the season with a W. Not only can bet on who will win at Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored – over-unders on stats like passing yards, rushing yards, and so much more. And if you're a new customer, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. That's right. All you have to do is nail a $5 bet and you'll get $200 instantly. Just join FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports board partner of the NFL. It is a new year, and let's be honest, most of us are hoping to get healthier this year by eating healthier this year. You can get started on that resolution with Factor, so you are ready for the new year. Factor has ready-to-eat meals delivered to you, and they take the stress out of meal planning and set you up for success this new year. You can skip the grocery store lines. You can skip all that prep work and cooking fatigue. Instead, you will get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your front door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, they have a vegan and veggie option and more. Plus, they have over 55 weekly add-ons, so you're going to have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart that resolution. And of course, we all know that snacks and breakfasts can be tricky when you are trying to change your eating habits. Factor offers loads of options like breakfasts, smoothies, juices. They have snacks and more to keep you going no matter what's on your schedule. When things get hectic, Factor is flexible. You can change your order up every week with plans from four to 18 meals per week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to those ready-made meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites. They have extra protein. They have veggie sides and more to keep you energized during those frantic times. So go and head to factormeals.com slash Locked on NHL 50 and use our code locked on NHL 50 to get 50% off. Again, that is code locked on NHL 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50 and you will get 50% off. All right, Ann, we are talking about the Nashville Predators 4 3 overtime loss to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, last night. Um, and what stood out to you from the Nashville Predators standpoint in this game? 
I feel like this is kind of a broken record as we talk about things that that stand out with the Nashville Predators that need to be addressed. But for me, again, I got to come back to this power play. You know, we have talked about the power play. It's it's rough. And look, I will say this. I want to give credit. I like what Andrew Brunette did on the power play. He mixed up the power play units. So the units last night, the top unit was Glass, Forsberg, Novak, Yossi, and Ryan O'Reilly. I like that. Bring up Novak, you know, plug Glass in there. I think Glass is good net front. The second unit was Nyquist, Evangelista, Sissons, McDonough, and Garyanov, where you get some more experience with Sissons and Nyquist with these younger guys. So I think headed in the right direction with that. And, and they did have some good looks. I think it was maybe their first power play chance in the second period when Corpus Allo had come in, you know, they got four shots on goal. They really pressured, they had good looks, they moved the puck well. So it looked better, but the bottom line is we're getting to a point in the season where I don't care how the power play looks. I care how the power play scores and the Nashville Predators power play has is Oh, for 13. They have not scored on their last 13 chances on the power play. And you just absolutely cannot win in this league without special teams. You cannot win in this league. This was a game where one goal may not have changed dramatically the score of the game, but it could have changed the momentum in the second and third period. And the Nashville Predators needed to interrupt the momentum in the second and third period. Couldn't do it. And they were given chances. So for me, like I like mixing up the units. I think they looked better, but at some point you have to stop looking better and you got to be better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, you give them credit for trying, they're trying new things, but at some point it's interesting. And like, there's something I would kind of knock Andrew Burnett for that we're going to get to uh, a little bit later in the show. But um, at, at some point it, it's gotta, the focus has got to shift on coaching to the players. Like, you know, if you're trying new things, if you're trying new strategies and the players still just aren't executing there's got to be some responsibility on there too. And I think you said it earlier this season where like the special teams is the best reflection of the level of coaching. uh, These players, like the players on a team get more so than any other area of the game. Um, But in this case, I would say like, okay, at some point these players on the ice have to execute. Yeah. I owe you an apology or I guess a a classic case of you were right, Anne. I love these. <laughs> because last week um, we got on the show and mm-hmm. you said that it might be time for the Nashville Predators to shake up the top line. Yeah. I disagreed. I'm like, you know what? They've, they've shown a lot. I want to see them play themselves out. I am now starting to fall into your camp. But that top line might need a little bit of a shakeup. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you know what? Like I I the reason I didn't want it at first was because I hated the line blending that we've had for right. know, two coaches now. Um, you know, you, you would have this combo in, in training camp. Um, or during practices and their work together, like, you know, all week and then they get into a game and, you know, they, you know, have a bad shift and all of a sudden, you know, you blow it up. And I hated that. I love the chance for 
you know, a, a, maybe a line like Forsberg, O'Reilly, Nyquist to have a bad game to be outplayed, but then come out the next game and, you know, sort of prove themselves and, you know, them having, you know, one of their best nights of the season. Like, I love that aspect of it, but it's been, they've fallen sort of stale mm-hmm. for the last little bit. Yeah. And I think you mentioned last night, you know, when they were out there, they were mostly against the other team's top line. They were. And that's been the case for a couple of games now. And they're constantly starting to get outplayed uh, a little bit by the other team's top line. And just not the same energy that we saw from the beginning uh, of the season. And I'm starting to think that maybe switching some things up might actually raise the energy levels up. And I'm not quite sure who, like, do you maybe move Gustav Nyquist back down and put somebody maybe like Luke Evangelista or Phil Tomasino back up, you know, just, just some experience of playing on that top line, get some new energy. Yeah. I, I mean, is that a route that we start to take now, Anne? I think it's something that has to kind of be on the table and discussed. You do hate to see this line broken up because they have a tremendous amount of chemistry. They're very good. I dove into some of the statistics from the month of January because I'm with you. It just seems like lately it's just they're they're struggling to produce. And a lot of that is teams have cracked the code. I don't think you have to be Scooby-Doo driving the mystery machine to figure out that the way Nashville has been winning games is the top line is scoring really well. So teams are putting their best players against them. Last night, that was Artem Zub. That was Jake Sanderson, Kachuk. That was Norris. That was Batherson against our top line. And, and that's going to make it more challenging. So part of that is just the natural evolution of, hey, people have caught on. But you look in January, 20% of the Predators offense, 20% of the goals scored at even strength came from that top line. Pretty good. But it's just still not enough. And at this point, I really wonder if you want to shake it up a little bit. You know, they made some adjustments like we talked about on the power play units. This might be the time We might be coming into the time where you do break these guys up and, hey, let's see if we can make one really good line become two pretty good lines and get some other players going. Uh, Confidence is contagious. That is something that Andrew Burnett has talked about with some of these young players that are struggling to finish. Maybe we need to borrow some confidence from Forsberg, from Factor, from Nyquist and, and see if we can make that catch. The other thing I wanted to say, you had kind of talked about uh, earlier, you were talking about this, you know, this top line and the line blender, and we don't like that. I think we have to be careful when we talk about the line blender, because it's a little bit of a, a different situation. The line blender under Heinz and under Laviolette was really one thing. What Andrew Brunette would be doing mixing up the lines is something very different because of the predators are in a very different place. Like this is a team that is resetting. This is a team that is developing. I mean, their, their focus really is developing young players and getting back to contention. So I think mixing up lines when you are working to develop and to get back to contention is a different decision than doing the line blender when you are a team that should be in contention. So I don't know that we have to be quite as, 
uh, opposed to it as as what we have been in the past. I just think we're a little sunburned. Anytime anybody starts blending the lines, I think we're all a little hungover from it. So here is, there's a point to this that I want to make coming up in a second. It involves maybe some criticism that I have over the, you know, or maybe over the, some of the lineup decisions that Andrew Burnett is making in game. And we're going to talk about that coming up in just one second. First, want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, those are things that bring home the winning trophy in sports. Those things also keep your car, your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. They have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. And you're going to always find exactly what you're looking for there. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With eBay Motors, you are burning rubber. You are not burning cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it is easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit is available to U.S. customers only. All right, and we're talking about the lineup decisions uh, mm-hmm. for the Nashville Predators before the break, and it brought me to something I wanted to bring up last night. Um, to me, one of the best players for the Nashville Predators last night was Phil Tomasino. Yeah. He was cooking. He was cooking. I I, I don't know what it is when he's with Michael McCarron, but the two always bring out the best in each other. Peaches and herb. Yeah. Phil Tomasino goal assist last night, two points. Uh, Clearly, I think had the most energy on the team. The Predators looked more dangerous when he was on the ice than anybody else. Why did he only have four shifts from the third period onward and none in overtime? And and here's who got more ice time than him in that situation. Dennis Gurionov, who I, I, I think that experiment needs to end. Yeah. Um, You know, um Cody Glass who I love Cody Glass but not necessarily the the most effective person last night um you know you you have your regular cavalcade of, of fourth liners and, and you know bottom six people right. um you know Michael McCarron had more shifts down the stretch than Phil Tomasino did. Michael McCarron had more ice time than Phil Tomasino. Like, yeah. here's the thing. Andrew Burnett, you and I have talked about this. Andrew Burnett likes rewarding people. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this like in game. It's like, oh, you know what? If somebody like Cole Smith or, or Kiefer Sherwood or, um, you know, I know he's in Milwaukee right now, but Yuso Parsonen or Yakov Trenin, if those kind of guys you know, get a lot of minutes down the stretch, it's because they had an effect early. And Andrew Burnett's like, you know, 
they were the hot hand. We want to ride the hot hand. Like that's the, you know, we don't have first, second, third, fourth lines because we want to make sure we're always riding the hot hand. So why didn't you ride the hot hand last night? Again, it's like you're kind of breaking your own rules when it comes to the handling of younger players. And it's starting the the John Hines, Nashville Predators, David Poyle sort of, I don't know if they're handling these young players right narrative, is starting to come back in a little bit with Andrew Burnett. And it's hard to ignore it in a game like last night when somebody who was objectively one of your best players for the first two periods wasn't on the ice hardly at all in the third. Yeah. And I think you have, I think you have a very valid question with this because if you look at time on ice, Phil Tomasino had the least amount of time on ice with the exception of Alexander Carrier who left in the second period with an injury. Yeah. You know, and Phil Tomasino, like you said, we talked about he had a goal. He had a fantastic goal. Like that whole play, it wasn't just, hey, the puck trickled onto his puck and he scored a goal. Like he really made a quality play. Um, He was tied for second in expected goals for by the end of the game. He was behind Roman Yossi, tied with Tommy Novak. So Phil Tomasino was somebody who was a difference maker on the ice uh, in this game. The only thing that I can think and and this is speculation on my part, and I would have to dig into, I would have to sort of dig into the numbers to see if this is even accurate. But off the top of my head, because the game was so completely flipped and it had become a defensive game in a lot of ways for the Nashville Predators in the second and third, maybe Brunette didn't feel like defensively he was going to be one of the top players out there uh, defending and and winning the puck battles and, and you know just for the physicality of that very dramatic switch in the game. But, I'm, not, so, I'm not saying that's necessarily an accurate thing. I'm just saying off the top of my head when I was watching it, I was like, is he thinking that Phil Tomasino is not going to be the impact player in the situation with the game turned the way that Cole Smith, Michael McCarron, Cody but, Glass would be? But isn't that the backwards way of thinking? Like, isn't that what doomed John Hines was we're going to heavily rely on these people when the game goes on? Like, wasn't the big thing with Andrew Burnett is like, no, like we don't want to go into a defensive shell. Like we want to attack. Like even when we get down, like we want to be on the front foot and we want to kind of you know, like if we lose the puck, we want to be able to have the speed to kind of go get it back and cause disruptions. Um, like, isn't, wasn't that the point? Like, wasn't that the big thing that Andrew Burnett is, was preaching? And, you know, are, are you really telling me that Dennis Gurionov, who had what, 14, 15 minutes of ice time? Yeah. Almost 15 minutes mm-hmm. of ice time last night. Yeah. Are you really telling me that that's your X factor. Like that's the guy that was going to go out and change the game for you last night. Not the guy who had two points in in the first period. Like it's, but that's like, I get it. Like I understand like the argument. I just think it's a stupid argument. Well, and you got to rely on the players who helped put energy into the lineup and were winning their battles earlier in the period. 
Yeah. And I think it goes back to big picture. This is the team that's about developing young players. So in this instance, isn't doesn't that mean you put Phil Tomasino out there? Doesn't that mean you put him out in the situation where, hey, like you're going to have to play a 200 foot game that's going to have to be good enough to help us win. And it didn't happen. So I do think it's a fair I think that's a fair question. Where was Phil Tomasino? Yeah. And again, like if if the the argument is really okay, we're on, you know, the rebuilding track and, you know, we want to see what we have in some of these younger people. Why are you giving Dennis Gurionov the opportunity to go out there and prove himself and not the former first round pick who you might be able to build around in in the future? We're, we're having this, it's concerning because this was the same conversations we had years ago, like seasons ago, and they're starting to creep back up. And, uh, you know, it's not a case this time of, oh, maybe Phil Tomasino just doesn't, you know, isn't where he needs to be right now and we need to protect him a little bit. He's at the point where you got to take the kid's gloves off yeah, and say, okay, like, why are we trusting an AHL player to step up in this situation who, by the way, uh, flubbed the, the, the final play last night? Um, like, why are we giving those opportunities to somebody like him and not, you know, Tomasino? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I think, I think it's a fair question to look at the ice time, to look at the third period, to look at overtime and say, where was Phil Tomasino? Yeah. Fair question. One of the most, you know, because of the lack of ice time has become one of the best bang for your buck players on the Nashville Predators this year. Um, yeah, this is a conversation that we're going to have to tackle a lot uh, over the course of this week. And we certainly will. Uh, the next Nashville Predators game is a big one against the LA Kings mm-hmm. team. That's right there with them in the wild card spot. Uh, so we'll have a lot to talk about this week as we get going here on the podcast. That's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with an all new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.